Test, one, two. Test, test. Can you hear that out there? Can you hear me? Test, one, two. Test. Can you hear me if I talk? Can you hear me? I guess so. We'll get it, we'll get it. So good evening, everyone. I thought I'd use the microphone. Is it too loud? It's a little loud. OK, I'll just take it down a minute. How's that? Is that any better? A little bit? OK. It's a tricky room, but the only other room that's large enough to do this is the sanctuary, and I want us to be able to sit around tables, which would be difficult in the sanctuary or a lot of work for Bernie. Um, I'm going to need my notes, so. So welcome. What a terrific turnout. Uh, I am curious to know, I'm not going to ask you to share with me, we will introduce ourselves to each other around our tables in a moment, but I am fascinated to know what it is that drew you to this program tonight in such numbers and what, your, what you come in the room with, what questions you have, what uh, motivated you on a Tuesday night to come to synagogue, part of, you know, right after Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, to talk about Israel. Uh, and if I'm curious about it, I'm guessing that you're curious about that too. And part of what we're gonna do tonight and throughout this series of courses is to learn from each other's curiosity, to explore each other's questions about Israel, uh, not for the purpose of converting each other to our answers, and we'll talk about our process of doing that, but so that we can hopefully find some commonality in our questions and the questions that have been asked both of our sort of ancient Jewish tradition and our modern Jewish history and our Jewish present, um, and through those questions and then hopefully through the texts that provide the answers uh, to engage with Israel, to form and shape 
our relationship with Israel, whether that solidifies the relationship that you have with Israel already. If you leave this session just affirmed that the way you have always felt about Israel or always thought about Israel is exactly the way that you want to think and will always think about Israel, that's okay. And if you leave with more questions than answers, then that's okay. And if you leave changed, well, that would be terrific. Um, not, because you're, not because change is always good, but change is growth. Um, and one of the things that our tradition teaches is that one of our, uh, one of our purposes in life, the Hasidim say that, that the purpose of life is to grow. That if we're not growing every day, then we are wasting the, ben the benefit and the blessing of our creation. So what I'm praying for and hoping for and what we're working for tonight is a growth in our relationship with Israel. It can grow stronger. It can grow more complicated. It can grow uh, in any dimension possible, but it should always be growing because if it's not growing, then it is also stagnant and wasting the, the blessing and the beauty of, of what it is. So um, what I want to do tonight, and for who took this first half of this class last year? Uh, just a handful of people. So as I said in the email, and hopefully most, if not all of you, received the email, and if you didn't, it means we don't have your email address, and I need to get that from you before we leave tonight. Um, we're going to tonight review a little bit of what we did last year just in the first session because it really sets the frame for our discussions going forward. Um, so there'll be a little bit of review for those four or six people that took it last night, but for everybody else, it'll be brand new, and even for them, it was so long ago, I'm sure a recap wouldn't be bad. Um, so first, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we are going to be communicating for this course via email, and we're going to be doing that frequently every week. If you received the email from me, who did not receive an email from me tonight? Okay. So I need to make sure before you leave that we have, or that Rhea has, because she's got the clipboard, um, that we have your email address so we can get you on that list. Uh, the way that the course materials are going to be disseminated is every Wednesday you'll receive an email from me with a video link for a lecture that we're going to ask you to watch. It's usually a 45-minute or so lecture on YouTube, uh, a lecture that we'll ask you to watch before our Tuesday class. You'll have a whole week to get it in. Also in that email will be the text that we're going to study on that next Tuesday class. You can review the text if you want. You don't have to look at them at all but you should bring them with you to the next class. To save trees and to save money, I'm not printing out all the text. So bring them with you in whatever form you would like. It's a PDF. You can put it on your iPad uh, or tablet or whatever it is. I'd rather you didn't bring a laptop just because I think that the screens in front of people can be a bit of a barrier. But if you need to, you can. We certainly you can print it out on whatever form of paper, recycled paper, whatever it is that you want. Uh, so there will be two things in that video, and there may also be some sort of framing questions for you to think about as you watch that link. So there'll be those things in the email. Also in the email that I sent out tonight, learning is better with food. It's a Jewish proverb. I'm not sure that it actually is, but it should be. And so we provided the nosh for tonight, which is really just sort of what's left over from the oneg on Friday. Uh, but you're lucky because it was Sukkot, so we had a couple of different onegs, and so there's, there's a mixture of things, and the high school was here, so we've got their veggies and dip from earlier and hummus. Uh, but there's a sign-up sheet. If you would bring some snacks, just sign up just once. There's plenty of people, so you don't have to bring for everyone. Bring for 10 people, bring for 15 people, put out a platter of cookies or fruit or whatever it is, and then we can all enjoy. Um, and we'll, we'll sort of build in time for you to do that between the, 
one portion of the class and the next. Tonight, just go and, and grab as you want. There's plates on the table. There'll be a moment to mingle in a little bit. Um, yes, next. Uh, session themes. On the back of the handout that I've given to all of you, front or back, depending on how you look at it, uh, is the course outline. So these are the, the themes that we're going to discuss, and also already here are the video links to the videos for those lectures. They're on the Temple Shalom YouTube page in a private section. You don't need a password to get in it, but you won't just find them online. You're in the right place. <laughs> Welcome. Um, so I've added one session that was not in the original publicity, and that is November 16th. Uh, Anat Hoffman, who's the director of the Israel Religious Action Center, which is the Reform Movement's advocacy arm in Israel, its civil and social rights uh, arm in Israel, and she's the founder of Women of the Wall, which we'll learn about in uh, session number on November 3rd on religious pluralism. Women of the Wall is the group that is pushing for uh, women's access to the Kotel, the ability and right to read Torah at the Western Wall. Sorry? Thank you. You're going to be really popular. You are going to be awesome. Um, so Anat Hoffman is actually coming here to Vancouver. It's her first time in Vancouver, uh, and she's speaking on a Monday night before our class. She's also speaking that Tuesday night, but it's not for us. It's for 20-somethings uh, at the Federation. So she'll be speaking here that Monday night. We'll still have class the next night, and my guess is some of our topic the following night will, be, uh, will, will bleed over from, from, her, from her lecture. Um, so she's speaking on the 16th. It looks like I didn't include the 17th. It says November 24th. It should say November 17th. There's no class on the 24th. The last class is November 17th. That was my mistake. Not the first that you will uncover. <laughs> um, so the, there is no class on the 24th. This, class, this sem seminar ends on the 17th. Uh, but that last session, I'm sure, will process some of what Anat says or shares with us on the 16th. Uh, the part at the bottom below there, the rules of engagement, how we talk about Israel, that's going to come up later tonight. I just wanted to have it for you because uh, you're going to want to refer to it. The other housekeeping things before I get further along. Um, missed sessions. Uh, we are recording the session, but I can't guarantee that the recording is going to be very helpful to you because there's very little of my lecturing and a lot of your discussing, and that won't be recorded. So if you miss a session, you can certainly watch the material online. You'll have potentially my, my uh, teaching outline to work through the material. But so much of the class will happen, as you'll see, around the tables with each other in chevruta, in group, small group study. Uh, but you miss, you miss. We're happy if you're here whenever you're here, OK? Um, the, uh, a word about the Shalom Hartman Institute from which this course is provided. Um, Rabbi David Hartman, uh, may his memory be a blessing, was the founder of an institute that still exists today in Jerusalem that is a Jewish think tank of centrist Israeli thinkers who are grappling with what it means to be a modern democratic Jewish state. And amongst their scholars that are there is Paul Becker, who comes from uh, Canada, from Toronto, I believe, um, Yossi Klein Halevi, Ari Shavit teaches at the institute, uh, Danielle Hartman, who you'll see in the lecture that we're going to watch tonight, a clip of, uh, and really some of the great present modern-day thinkers in Israel today. Uh, if you read Haaretz, if you read Times of Israel, 
The people that write the opinion pieces there are teachers at the Hartman Institute. The Hartman Institute is a year-round program. It is constantly writing and thinking and discussing, and not just about Israeli politics, but really about the nexus between Israel and Judaism. It's a, it, it's a centrist religious in, uh, organization. I wouldn't call it a secular organization, but it's populated mostly by modern Orthodox, Reform, and Conservative Jews. They have phenomenal resources on their website, which uh, I invite you to, to check out. You can easily Google Shalom Hartman or the Hartman Institute. You'll find tons of things, and I encourage you to sign up for that. Uh, probably about some kind of learning or study or video or interview that they've done with somebody on some current issue or event. Uh, and it is, uh, it's really, really thought-provoking. They developed this course now six, seven years ago uh, in an effort to engage North American diaspora Jews with a new narrative about Israel. They began, and this is our premise for tonight, and I emailed it to you, they began with the premise that our, our relationship with Israel is changing, and I spoke about this on Rosh Hashanah, that the old frames or lenses or narratives that we have for Israel, of either an Israel that is survival Zionism, these are Hartman's words, and when I reference Hartman here, I'm talking about Daniel Hartman, who is the son of David Hartman, the founder of the Institute. Survival Zionism, which is that Israel exists as the only, is the only place that Jews can live in the world. That were it not for Israel, Jews would have no place to live. Growth of, out of the Holocaust, out of the Dreyfus Affair. This is Theodore Herzl's reason for Israel to exist. Or cultural Zionism, which is that Israel is the center of all Jewish life and culture, and from it, it emanates new Jewish ideas and new Jewish relevancies out to the rest of the world. Those narratives were certainly accurate in their time, but the Hartman Institute grew out of a, a, a discussion that perhaps those narratives had become dated and out of step for North American diaspora Jews, who, as you'll hear in his lecture, live in relative security, see their own Jewish communities as vibrant and uh, and relevant to their lives and the, the center of creative Jewish thought, and don't feel that, uh, that Israel uh, is, the, uh, you know, is the salvation for them in their present circumstance. Maybe if there should be a God forbid, yes, but don't presently feel um, terrorized, victimized, or jeopardized in their Jewish identity. You may agree with that, you can disagree with that, that will be making our, that'll make our discussion more interesting and lively, but it's from that perspective that the Hartman Institute sort of created its think tank of, okay, so if it's not survival Zionism and it's not cultural Zionism, then what is our connection to Israel? What does Israel mean to us and why? Why does Israel mean what it means to us? What is, it, what is our connection to it? Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing. Tonight will be different than other nights, just like Passover. Uh, tonight we're actually going to watch a half an hour lecture in the class, hence the stream. Uh, and on all other nights, you'll watch the lecture at home. But tonight we'll do a little video watching. Uh, some ground rules about our discussion and our dialogue. It's a large group. There will be some opportunities for us to do a whole group discussion, but for the most part, our discussion will happen around your table. Now, you can choose to sit always with the same people every time, surround yourself with the familiar. A lot of people do that. That's fine. Or you can choose to mix it up and to come in each time and to sit with a different group of people to get a different set of perspectives, which is also helpful because you may tire of the perspectives that are around your table. 
Um, your mate's higher of mind. That you won't be able to uh, so easily avoid. Uh, some ground rules for our discussion. First in general, and then I want to look at the, the sheet that I sent to you. Um, it will be Jewish. We won't agree. We have a great history of disagreeing. It's wonderful that we don't agree. It's how we get to the answer. The fact that we debate in the Talmud and throughout Jewish law is how we get to the more perfect, which is never perfect enough. But how we get, if you think of, uh, coming back now to the Haggadah and Pesach, if you think of the debate about all of the, the rabbis of B'nai Barak sat for this long, and it was 10 plagues, it was 50 plagues, it was 250 plagues. That's where I tune out, because it starts to deal with math, if you get that in your Haggadah. Ours is the Maxwell House Haggadah, so that's what we had. Um, the, uh, that's how we get, that, that's, that is Judaism. That is prayer, that is Jewish theology, to grapple with the, the question. Um, I mentioned this the other night at services, that in Judaism we celebrate the question. Other faiths may see a question as a lack of faith. In Judaism we see that grappling with it, the engagement with the question as a sign of faith. So we will disagree. Our conversations will be values-based and they will be personal. And sometimes it may be difficult to distinguish between the two. We will be talking about things that are deeply held by others and we need to respect them as that. And at the same time we will be talking about things that are um, quote-unquote Jewish values, but we may value our Judaism differently. So what was one person's halakha, what is one person's Jewish law, may be another person's Jewish suggestion. Um, and we need to understand and respect that as well. And let's agree to talk, to talk like Jews, that the person who disagrees with you is not your enemy. The person that disagrees with you is helping you understand your own position. When we study, it says in the Mishnah, when two people sit together and study Torah, the Shekhinah, the divine often attributed to the feminine presence of God, sits and studies with them. It's not that an angel comes down from heaven, but rather a third voice exists in that moment which helps you understand yourself. In, in understanding or misunderstanding the other, you better understand your own position. So that person disagreeing with you is actually helping you. We all know this. If somebody just says yes to you all along, it's not much of a help. Question, challenge, and then you get a better understanding of your own position. So that said, I won't read it with you because I did send it out, but I do have these rules for engagement, uh, or I should say the breet, uh, the breet for today. Not the rules of engagement, the breet for today. It's on the handout, it's the full side of the back page that says uh, courage and renewal, from the center of courage and renewal. Um, I just want to give you a moment, please, if you haven't read it yet, take 60 seconds. Please just read through the list. So I want to teach you a Hebrew word. The word is halavai. Can you say that? Halavai. Halavai is one of those great Hebrew words that really doesn't have an English translation. It does it justice. But it means, if only it could be so. Only if. So maybe this sheet is halavai. If only it could be so that we dialogue with each other like this. Halavai. 
If only our families would dialogue like this around the table or on the phone or whatever it is. Kalavai. But in this place, in a synagogue, Kalavai can become reality. We can set these rules. We can live up to this standard. Maybe we can't do it on the street, but we can here for the hour and a half that we're together. But that will only happen if you do it. Um, synagogues around the country, are, uh, around this country and around North America are doing this program. And many of them are having wonderful experiences. But my colleagues who I talked to as I prepared for tonight about this say that where does it fall apart is that when somebody sits at the table and doesn't follow some of these suggestions and sees it as their position to convert the other to not accept a position that's different than theirs. Uh, and then this will fall apart. There's, I can't control that. There are more of you than there are of me. And since there are two Jews and three opinions, there are more opinions than there are of you. Um, so Kalavai can be reality if we make it so. But I leave that in your hands. It's not in mine. It's in yours. Uh, so that said, uh, let's dive into tonight. Uh, so this course, as I said, grew out of a need or a sense of need to discuss that the discussion about Israel uh, is becoming more difficult and that it's changing. I think some of you have seen uh, last year, it was particularly prominent around the High Holy Days, a series of articles, including in the New York Times, about rabbis who had decided not to talk about Israel. That there was a survey done, you know, would you talk about Israel in your congregation in the High Holy Days? And it was decided that that was, the, that was one of the things that you couldn't talk about in a synagogue. That's troubling, that, that Israel becomes a wedge issue in a synagogue. That to talk about it is to politicize the bima, that it becomes too controversial, that you leave out too many Jews when you bring it up. That obviously is not my approach, um, but when we talk about it, we uh, run into these old lenses that I talked about from which people sometimes have a hard time seeing through. Uh, or seeing past, I should say. Uh, and I've experienced that in the couple of Israel sermons that I've given in the congregation this year and last year at the High Holy Days. You know, they, uh, they, they, if the purpose of shul is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, then they did that. Uh, but, it, uh, you know, but it brought to light this very, this very real uh, challenge that we have, which is that maybe we stay away from these conversations because they're uncomfortable. Uh, so North American Jewry has become increasingly polarized on Israel. Some are utterly passionate. Others are utterly indifferent. Some are staunch defenders. Others are harsh critics. And there is a generational divide to some degree. And we might find that tonight as, uh, and in the course of our conversations, that you might find that the divide is not just left or right, but it's old and older. <laughs> Looking around the room. And then Sam Young. Okay, um, Sam, just wave. There you go. Um, so the goals of Israel engagement are to understand why, to understand what has changed, and to create a new dialogue, a new basis for dialogue. Not politics and not history, but values-based. Jewish values-based. Which means we have to learn a bit about what Jewish values are, because Jewish values, uh, as much as we have a top 10 list in the Ten Commandments, they go deeper than that. And we can't just boil them down to tikkun olam, repair the world, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, these are Jewish values, but they are on a, there's, a whole, there's a whole collection of Jewish values. So, and as I said before, one person's Jewish values may be another person's Jewish suggestions. So we need to, to do this, and we're going to do it through a study of actual 
will study modern Israeli texts, such as modern Israeli scholars, but also classical Hebrew or rabbinic texts in English uh, that will give us the underpinnings for what the Jewish view is on this. Now, you can choose to adopt that view or not, but we want to be grounded in our tradition to the extent that we can be and to the extent that we need to use modern texts. Those two will not just be you know, just one piece picked out of nowhere, but these are writers and scholars that have, you would say, yichus. They've got good lineage with them. They, these, are, these are well thought of and well regarded and scholarly opinions and people that have written. So let me ask this question, and this is where we begin our conversation around the table. What are the ideas, actually I haven't put it on the, the board here. Okay. Um, should I go there? Yes, so what are the ideas or the ideals and the values that are at issue in Israel? Um, and we need to be open up, we need to open up to them in a thoughtful and serious way. And so I want to begin with these three questions. Where does Israel fit into your values and why? How did it get there? And what is the story of your personal relationship with Israel? Those three questions, as well as your name, recognizing that there are six to eight people sitting around your table, and if everybody takes a minute or two, we can get this done. But if everybody gives a high holiday sermon, <laughs> you'll be here till the next high holiday. So in 90 seconds, with your name as well, please introduce yourself around your table and answer these three questions to each other. 